Hey guys, Tony Reed here. Now we all know spring is right around the corner and you're going to need plenty of podcasts on your playlist for those long hours in the field. The one podcast that I'm going to recommend is Farm for Profit. Tanner, Dave, and Corey do a phenomenal job of having a wide range of guests on their show. It might be anyone from a university professor to an estate planner to a marketing analyst. They even have machine repeat on there from time to time. Then once a week, they do a Farm for Fun episode where they sit around and crack a few cold ones and kind of get off the beaten path a little bit. And those guests may come from Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, or even TikTok. It's a great podcast. You got to go check it out. They're on all the major players, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, all of them. You can even go to Google and type in farm, the number four, profit.com and read all about them. They call themselves the mullet of podcast. Go check it out. You won't regret it. That's farm, the number four, profit. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Straightforward Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Reed, alongside Nick McCormick. Nick, what's new with you this week? Oh, just, uh, you know, get in the field here a little bit. and You know, I've had to try to dodge the snow for harvest a time or two, maybe, and for fall tillage. Never really had to dodge it for spring planting, but this year's a, you know, yeah, one for the ages already, I guess. It is, uh, and it, it sucks even worse because we had 80-degree temps. Two yeah. weeks ago, and now it's back down into the 50s for highs and 30s for low. And I, you know, you can't give it much credit. You know, I was watching the Weather Channel this morning, which it's pretty broad, not yeah. as good as your local forecast. But hell, they're showing 20 miles north of us all the way to Wisconsin, three to five inches of snow, maybe this week. Yeah, it's so crazy. We'll see if it materializes. I mean, God, I hope it don't. But it looks like, you know, by the end of the week, it's going to be up to like 65. So, I mean, anything that happens ain't going to last, but still. <laughs> you know, farming's a roller coaster up and down. It's like we didn't plant early there in that first stretch because it's supposed to rain a bunch on that Wednesday. And then we missed that. And it's like, well, we're not going to plant now because it's supposed to rain a bunch on that Saturday. And it didn't. And then it did rain some on Sunday. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, then, you know, it comes forward. It's like, boy, well, we should have planned Monday and Tuesday. Should have planned Monday and Tuesday. It's like, well, now that stuff's going to be coming up about the time the frost hits. Yeah, maybe it's a good thing I didn't. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Right or wrong, we put a little bit in the ground here. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's how we are. We've never done the early beans. And this year we finally did. So we'll see what happens, I guess. But it is. It's tough to make that call, you know, especially when it's dry out. It's like, man, yeah. you feel like you need to be doing something. Because every year it seems like we get two windows you get the early window and then yeah. it rains for a month and then you get your second window and it's yeah. like man you hate to to waste this but maybe this year will be different you know maybe it'll just be cool and dry and we'll yeah it, it always seems like there's a, a small window early and the guys that are really out there too soon too cold too wet they get by with it and the next couple guys are like well we've sat on our hands long enough now we're going to go they're on right on the front side of that pounding rain and they get you know and that seems to be where i'm always at yeah so like oh well i shouldn't have done that but oh well yeah Yeah, and i tell you i've been talking to a lot of people that claim they're drier now than they was in 2012 at this time now that's not the case here where we're at but man i've talked to a lot of people said god i could give a million bucks for a rain right now i mean they're hurting yeah bad. we're fortunate to, to have the subsoil moisture we've got now i will say and i don't know if it's because of the cold weather or what but ground is working phenomenal this year probably not as good now as it was in that early stretch yeah i agree but it's still working way better than i've seen in some years you yeah. know 
Yeah, I didn't know. You know, sometimes that ground gets beat down so hard over the winter with all yeah. the rain and everything. Man, it just works up like hell. But yeah, it's, it's working nice this spring. Yeah, we noticed that too. We got that new sunflower tool, so we was getting it set. And we just run it out on some bean stubble there that'd been chiseled last fall and had ammonia put on it last fall. And boy, and that's been a week and a half ago, whatever it was. And then, yeah, you would have for sure worked it once and planted it in yeah. the corn, but. I don't know now. I think you're maybe right on that. I think you may. Uh, I told Kevin on my deal, you know, especially this early in the game, I don't mind big chunks in the field. I mean, yeah. we got to make the call ultimately the day we go to the field, but yeah. I would rather it be too cloddy than too fine this time of year. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's going to work up like this. It's going to be a touch cloddier than you want it the first time, and the second time over, it's going to be powder. Exactly. And you know that's not going to work. So it's like, well, plant or bust some of those clods. I can live with that. Yep. The powder is just going to seal over, and I got yeah. nothing, you know? Yeah, for sure. So. I don't know. It's always a, a game, you know, trying to guess the weather. And sometimes I wonder if you ain't better to just shut the TV off and just go with your gut and not, not pay any attention to the weather. <laughs> no doubt, know. yeah. Yeah, if you didn't talk to your neighbors or drive by and see what they were doing, you know. You can always tell the guys that aren't going because they're about to drive off the road looking at the guys that are going, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been a fair amount planted around yeah, there. I mean, you know, been. it ain't went gangbusters, but I mean, there's a fair amount planted. So well, stuff's gotten big enough now that you mess around for a couple of days. Next thing you know, you got two, three, four hundred acres in. It's like, oh, well, kind of did that on accident. I hope it was right, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it don't take long. Stuff gets so big, you go out and play around and, you know, nothing to plant a hundred acres in a day now. Yeah, I mean, we were kids, deal. you wheel out the sixth row and you, yeah. all day long, you get 40 done. It's like, well, yeah. it ain't so bad. I did a hundred a day on accident after lunch, you know, yeah. it's like, well, we drug our feet long enough. I guess we'll go, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It, times have changed, but it is what it is. I mean, my gut tells me now that I'm going to wait uh, two or three days ago. I'd have said, yeah, let's, let's do a little more, but. After seeing the forecast, I'm going to wait now, I think. it uh, There's something a little demoralizing about loading the planter with a sock cap on. Yeah. You know, it just, just doesn't seem right. I've done it. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think most people will agree, you know, we can handle cold weather. We can't handle cold and wet. Yeah. That's when we're screwed. Yeah, that's so. when it turns to concrete and you got nothing. Yeah. For sure. And of course, the forecast changes every couple of days. You know, it was it was looking okay. It was going to be cold, but not that wet. Well, now they're calling for rain every other day, and the cold's gotten colder. And yeah, but that could change by tomorrow. Who knows? Well, and I'm scared when we do get the warm up, then that's going to spark thunderstorms. We're liable to get in a wet pattern. You yeah. know, then once again, uh, you're just second guessing yourself on everything. Yeah. None of it may materialize. May not rain again till June. I and then you'll know. be wanting it to keep raining so it stays soft, so that stuff yeah. can break through. You know, and, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a big game, but we're farmers. We're never happy. That's right. Too much rain, too dry, too hot, yeah. too cold. We're never happy. Yeah, yep. Boy, the old grain market's been on a tear here lately. I mean, yeah, it's, that's kind of spooky too. You know. Yeah, we're gonna pay for this for ten more years. Yeah, we are. Stuff was just finally starting to come back to where it should be. Yeah. And now we're gonna get burned again. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, and now you know which. It's hard to tell what's true inflation. It's hard to tell what COVID has done. I mean, things are so far out of whack now. I yeah. mean, you know, me and Montana Farmer was talking today. He called. And, you know, you got used equipment now that's just on fire. Yeah. Because you can't get any new stuff. Yeah. So how much is related to COVID? How much is actually true inflation? Because we've printed the shit out of money in this country. Yes, we have. We've printed a lot. You know, on my side in the shop there, you know, Stuff's getting harder to get. 
you know, initially it wasn't too bad because people had stuff in warehouses. Well, now some stuff's getting a little harder to get. Of course, they're blaming COVID. You can't get it dropped off to you because UPS and FedEx are so far behind from delivering Amazon orders from stimulus money that they can't get you anything in a timely fashion. So it's starting to snowball into a big crap storm. Yeah. I hadn't been inside a Walmart for... Oh, shoot. Well, a big one like down Effingham. I've yeah. slipped into Shelbyville's there, which is a small one, and that's not really a good gauge. But a big one like Effingham was in there today with the wife, and I was needing a new printer for the computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I told her, I said, we'll go to Effingham because they got a lot bigger selection. Yeah. And so we went down there, and I'm going to guess they had probably 10 to 12 different models of printers on display. Yeah. They had one printer left in the entire store of a particular model them shelves were completely bare really from one end to the other and so i got to look and went around to bicycles completely bare there's just a few little kids bikes on the floor and for so from that aisle i was just wheeling around it because i got to kind of notice i'm like man what's the deal here so i went through the, they got their little office furniture yeah. computer chairs whatnot totally wiped out just just really? weird stuff like that which the wife made the point too she said well it's saturday a lot of people do their shopping on saturday but i'm like yeah but i've never been in here when they wiped out every computer yeah. printer in the store right well everybody's working from home now though so think how many people had True. to buy a printer that probably didn't have one before yeah, well, i'll just print that off at the office yeah well, they're not going to the office yeah. anymore yeah and i don't know you know they talk on on vehicles now with these uh microchip shortages or, yeah. or whatever that is and i don't know what electronics might use some of that stuff you know maybe some of these printers have stuff in them yeah they, ver- they very well could yeah but uh, which i guess is ford they're they're really ramped up production, right? I know like GM, they're kind of shut down to some degree with this chip deal. But yeah. is Ford? I don't know. I, I think I thought I had heard that they were trying to ramp stuff up, but I don't know that for sure. I'm the same way. I've kind of lost touch on some of that stuff. I think I to solve this microchip problem, when they should come back out with 79 Ford trucks. I agree. And for you Chevy guys, I'll let you have a couple of square bodies. Because Clash for Clunkers got most of them, so we'll get some fresh supply out there for you square body guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> that like eliminates me, electronics. It's like me and a guy was talking today. You know, they said that uh, GM is projected to lose eight billion dollars in revenue. Now, that's not money out of their pocket, but just going to lose yeah. in sales. You know, I mean, at what point in time would the government want to step in and say, "Okay, guys, we got a little bit of a crisis here." Maybe we can get rid of, you know, you might have 400 new trucks lined up on a lot, but they need some stupid chip for the emissions. Yeah. And now you, now it's doing nobody any good. It's just got to sit there. And yeah. It's like, at what point in time can you say, okay, let's maybe just get around this for a little bit. Yeah. And move on. But it, Unfortunately, they're not that swift, Tony. No, they're not. No. It's sad. You could solve a lot of that stuff pretty quick, but nobody wants to do that. So. Well, we'd hate to do anything logical, you know, from a yeah. standpoint. Yeah. I mean. The logical solutions to inject fertilizer in there, Tony. Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose you seen my post with Earth, Earth Day coming up. Yeah, I was pretty excited about that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get a very good response. There's a lot of people yeah. saying I'm on board. I'm trying to get something going. I really wish I had the tractor ready to run. I, I'd fire that up for you, but I'll have to come up with something else. I got a few things. <laughs> yeah, and that whole thing is it's not that I don't care about the planet. It's just for the fact that you're telling me that I'm killing myself and everybody yeah, else. It's exactly. a bunch of bullshit. So yeah. It'll be a, a good day to light a bonfire. Yeah, the day I see uh, the people that are behind that, you know, walking, bicycling, et cetera, and instead of flying around on jets telling me how I should behave, then I'll worry about it. Yeah, I'm yeah. the same way, for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. We've been getting some pretty good responses on the podcast. Um, I mean, not to toot our own horn by any means, but I've, I've yeah. got a lot of good 
positive feedback. Yeah, me too. Yeah. On it. Uh, know some people's asked some questions, which I'm terrible about getting through some questions. I, I, you know, and I don't mean it to sound weird. My account's so big. I just, a lot of them comments and stuff, I just can't even you, get through. Yeah, you get yeah. tagged in so much stuff. I mean, I asked you that really early on. I'm like, how do you keep up with this? It's like, well, at some point in time, you can't. No, you know, it's you just, just no. it's overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. But I forget, I need to start writing some of them questions down, you know, just so I can go back. You know, the stuff that pertains to podcasts and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've got a few of them down and whatnot. Uh, a big one with the people have hit on a few times here, and, and uh, I'd have to do a little more brushing up on some of this, but non-mainstream tractors, you know, we, we cover the deer in the, in the case I eat stuff some, but, you know, they want to know a little bit more about non-mainstream stuff, I guess, which, you know, the Heston thing, I guess you and I took it for granted, like you said, because they were around here, but yeah. I've got literally hundreds of comments of people that didn't know that Heston even made tractors, so sure. I don't know. I suppose there's a lot of that off-brand stuff that uh, people don't even know about, you know? I, yeah, I guess. I Yeah, like you say, we just took it for granted. You guys had a dealership. Well, I mean, you didn't have Facebook and stuff back then. Right. It's all these different social media platforms, so I suppose if you didn't have a local, you didn't have Tractor House to get on and look through. Yeah, you know, sure. So, yeah. yeah, we'll have to cover some of that. I mean, I, I know some about a lot of those different ones, but I'm not, I'm far from an expert on some of them too. So, well, I'm the same way, you know, around here, you know, there's few farmers got Alice Chalmers and, and Oliver and different stuff. And I know just enough about them to be dangerous. I mean, I, I can't yeah. tell you any history about them, which ones were, well, to me, they were all bad, but <laughs> which ones are good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't, I mean, all those companies, whether it's Alice, Oliver, whoever, all your old school companies all had their, their bright spot, you know, or their one shining idea that was pretty decent. Yeah. You know, it didn't necessarily necessarily translate into an entire product line that was good, but there was a feature or two of that tractor that, you know, was was nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I, I don't know how anybody, though, could have ever sat on a WDAC and said, man, this is nice. I can't wait till the next model comes out. They were the most <laughs> crude, awkward, offset to one side piece of shit I've ever been on in my life. We had a D14 with a belly more. And I hated that tractor yeah. with a passion. Hated that thing. The gear shift was underneath the seat, so the lever light come out in front of you. I, yeah, I was not a fan. We had an Oliver 88 before that, or 77, I think, with the belly more. And uh, to mow the lots and stuff. And, and uh, somebody come along, of course, Dad sold it. I actually liked that thing a fair amount better than that D14. The only thing the D14 had is it set low. Yeah. So you have to worry about tipping it over, but. One of those little tractors with a belly more, you're stuck anyway. Yeah. So if you get near anything, you're stuck because the the more ways is about an inch and a quarter off the ground. And for sure, there you are, yeah. hung up. Yep. Around here, when we were kids, nobody had Ford tractors. I mean, there there might have been an eight in tucked away in a shed, but you know, I'm talking like a seven thousand. Yeah, and very ones. very few. But yeah. actually, they made a comeback as we got older. A lot of New Holland. Yeah, a lot of New Holland stuff. But yeah, there was hardly any Fords. Yeah. around very very few i mean it was a rarity if you saw one yeah it was yeah i mean it was always just some little podunk piddly utility tractor it was never yeah. anything in the field but now there's a fair amount of blue ones running around. yeah yeah there's a fair amount of them now which i mean the genesis was a good tractor when it came out i mean that uh, that kind of brought them back around or whatnot yeah. yeah i've never drove a ford genesis i've drove a four-wheel drive like them old what 96 82 whatever yeah, 92 side. 82 yeah. or something like that yeah, yeah. I'll go back to my previous statement, Tony. There's only one place four-wheel drive tractors has ever been built, and that's Fargo, North Dakota. For sure. If it's not a stagger, it just has eight tires. It's not a four-wheel drive. <laughs> There's a guy on TikTok, and I would have to go 
look up what his username is. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he just had a video yesterday of concept tracking. Yeah, that that's all that. Yeah. yeah. And, the uh, Stagger Tool Drive Tractor was a little... Uh, that was a little crude. A little crude, that, yeah. Uh, I did like the looks of the John Deere. It was like an 8870 with big wide tracks on it. That yeah. was kind of neat looking. Then they had a Soundguard John Deere 4455 with tracks on it or yeah. whatever it was. And they had that... Kind of looked like a 6030 with a Soundguard cab. Yes. Kind yep. of concept deal. Yep. Yeah. That almost looked like a toy. It did. I've seen that picture before. It almost looked like a, a toy or a drawing of it or something. Yeah. I would love to know what some of the stuff was that these companies come up with that never seen the light of day. I mean, there's yeah. got to be neat shit that was just scrapped, yeah. you know, so the public wouldn't see it. But. Yeah. I know at one time, I think this is correct. I'd have to ask again, but I think in the early days of the axle flow, you know, once production has started or kind of getting into it, they made a, a one with a really big rotor. I think it had 30.5s all the way around just to prove that, that rotor could get bigger and still do the job because you know there's always this theory that once it gets so big sure and there is some truth to it, you can only make it so big but just to see that there was potential in it the ironic part of that is it's never got any bigger yeah, yeah. <laughs> on those but they tested it to see if it would work I and mean, then they got scrapped and cut yeah. up but yeah i've always wondered you know we see the massive advances in technology from the factories now but you know what's some of the stuff that they truly are capable of that'll never see the light of day i mean there's got to be some yeah. wild stuff that you know yeah i'm sure they've tried some interesting things and it's like well i mean look at the you know they always saw that road track magnum mm-hmm. clear back in the 7100 series days and it took years and years and years for that to finally hit production yeah and it makes you wonder why i mean if there just wasn't a market I, I don't know. You know, I think they were heck bent at the time for having tracks on the front. And I think that was quite a load for the front axle and making it turn and so yeah. on and so forth. And then, you know, now it kind of ended up just being a two-track deal, mm-hmm. you know, just in the back. And, and uh, like the 2 plus 2 Magnum. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that and maybe there wasn't a need for that at, at some point. I don't know. But, yeah, it's interesting to see what some of those companies try and, and what doesn't make it and what does yeah i've even wondered that like as far as seed technology goes mm-hmm. you know what's what's some of this seed truly capable of you know some stuff you'll never do it on a large scale because you can't it's impossible yeah. but uh you know there's got to be secrets and tricks that they've done that that really shines a light on some stuff and for sure yeah i'm sure there's i'm sure there's a lot of things that they test that you can't simulate on a grand scale right mm-hmm. you know like for instance, you and I have talked about before, you know, light management on soybeans. If you could regulate the light, what can you do? Yeah. You know, I know they've played with that, and they can get some phenomenal yields out of it, but how are you going to control the light on your field? Yeah, exactly. You know, they, you can do it on a spot the size of this room with a couple of light towers, yes, right. but you're not going to do it on a 80-acre scale, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, I've always wondered that, and I've even wondered it in the automotive industry, you know, because about the time you think, man, I don't know if this thing could really get any nicer, they come out with something else yeah. that, that you hadn't thought of. It's like, holy cow. I yeah, they got morning. people just thinking shit up. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and you got a room full of people of them thinking shit up, and a room of people backing them up. Yeah, yeah. a little Armageddon for you, but uh, yeah, it, it does make you wonder. It's like when we were kids, it's like power windows. Yeah holy cow, you don't have to crank the window. And it's like now all this thing massages your back. It, it's got air-conditioned seats. Uh-huh. You can blow your farts right up to your face. It's got heated seats. I mean, you're good to go in seven directions. Yeah. It's like, 
I just didn't want to have to crank the windows anymore, but okay. Yeah. It's funny. If you go to YouTube, you can Google up, you know, like old car commercials. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's their big selling point, you know, power locks, power windows, and air conditioning. Because we were kids. That's, yeah. a, that's a question you would legitimately ask somebody. You yeah. got air conditioning. That's true. Under- yeah. <laughs> it might have been an add-on. Yeah. yeah. We'll just put these vent down here and it's got this separate kit. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they would have never done away with the wing windows. I did like the wing window. I tell you, that was nice. You could move a lot of air through a vehicle. You could. If you locked your keys in there, you could usually pick that deal. Mm-hmm. Of course, you always had the one guy that rode with you that always wanted to click the wing window, and you had to slap him and be like, hey, I'm going to wear that out. Quit clicking that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. When did they do away with that? Like the mid-90s? Uh, Ford did read it, got away from it and when they went to the new Super Duty, the 99. Okay, 99? Yeah. I'll be done. Which, there was no 98 Super Duty or, you know. Big truck, so yeah. 97 was your last one with the wing window. Yeah, I'll be darned. Yeah, 98, you had the famed light-duty three-quarter ton there for a little bit. <laughs> Not a wise purchase. But, uh, yeah, the wing window was good. We got the old state truck, you know, we haul rock and stuff with. That doesn't have air conditioning. You're going to want to open those yeah. wing windows on a hot day. Yeah. That thing's got a great heater and really bad air conditioning. Yeah. It works pretty good in the winter, but it ain't very good in the summer. Yeah. Yep. That's back when pickup trucks were... Cool though, yeah, trucks, the seventies yeah. and eighties. Them were neat trucks. I mean, yeah, they look cool. They... <laughs> as much as you, the power window things was a, a big deal, those first power windows sucked. It's like oh, the mo- those sure. motors lasted like three times. It's like, oh, motor's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Take the door panel off. Let's work on that. You know, it didn't matter Ford, GM, yeah. Dodge. I mean, they all were crap. It's like, oh, yeah. you're gonna yep. work on that tomorrow. You know. Now, now some of our younger listeners probably won't remember this, but like when we were a kid, let's just say. You know, we're just say the mid '80s. If your mom and dad, grandpa, grandma, whatever, it didn't matter if they bought a car. You know, like a Buick, a Bonneville, you know, Pontiac, yeah. whatever. There, there, there was more ashtrays in that son of a bitch than anything. There was ashtrays in the back, yeah. on the seats, in the front. Ain't you had ashtrays the, galore the in truth. cars. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you didn't smoke, you kept fuses in there. Yeah. There was always a pack of fuses in every tractor's ashtray, you know, yeah. or something, which I always found funny because. Tractors didn't have that many fuses to begin with, but yeah. we got a pack of them in here, there, wherever. Yeah, you're right. They were in the in the side doors. Even my 03. I mean, it still got them in the back, even. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they always had them on the back of the front seats. And yeah. You could smoke anywhere you wanted. <laughs> in that car, yeah. More steel in those ashtrays there is in the entire car now. <laughs> yeah, and then people always got to put gum in them and gum wrap. Oh, yeah. There's always some, some jack bag that put gum in it, and then you had to dig that out. But, hell, I think as far as tractors... It was. It would have been the eight thousand. Around the probably the eight thousand ten series deer was about the last factory ashtrays. You know, which they were labeled right on the ashtray, no smoking. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. But now the new ones. I mean, they ain't got nothing. I mean. Yeah, I don't. I haven't paid that much. I guess they got a charging port, but it doesn't. Does it even come with a? With a lighter in them anymore? No. Nope. We had to buy lighters because we all smoke, you know. It's just so, a charging port now. Yeah. So we had to buy the individual lighters to put in them. Then we had to buy the big ashtrays that look like a cup. Yeah. Which, you, which we always ash on the floor and put the butts out <laughs> in the... I hadn't paid any attention. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Combines, all that. Don't, don't have it in anything. So... Well, the biggest technological advance in farm equipment is the cup holder. Oh, yeah. I'm like, sure. cause even car companies have struggled with that for years. I mean, you had to get into... Well, a 99 or newer Super Duty, you get a decent cup holder of any fashion in a Ford truck. Yep. Case IH stuff's the same way. You know, you get my 2188. That one cup holder over there by the buddy seat is literally a quarter of an inch deep. Yeah. If you put a pack of fuses in that thing that's falling on the yeah. floor, let alone a soda, yep. the one on the right side's no better. Yep. Now, there is a guy 3D printing those now. I bought one off of him. I saw it on TikTok or Facebook or something. Super nice deal. 
got a spot for your cell phone, two drinks, because there's plenty of room below that. Sure. It can be deeper, so it'll actually hold the drink, which is oh, kind of yeah. handy. Yeah. I already had one mounted on the RAM mount on the monitor thing anyway, but yeah. it's nice to be able to hold an extra one. You know? I never did figure that out on a 30 series deer tractor. The, the cup holder is so big, you fit like a full Folgers coffee can in it. It's like, you know, I mean, I'm not looking to put my water jug here. <laughs> You know, I mean, way too big for a can of pop, a Yeti, any of that stuff. It's like, who designed this? I always laugh on the first MX is they get that little spot where your water jug should go. Mm-hmm. But the lip on it is three-eighths of an inch tall. Yeah. I don't know how smooth the ground is where they're at, but it doesn't take much of a slope for that to fall over. Yeah. Now deer on the R-series, or we've got older R-series deers, you know, 2013 model yeah. or whatever, and they've got two cup holders over there by the window. The big fat one, then they got a little narrow one. You know, yeah. so you can put a can or a... But the big fat one, it's goofy as hell. It's just small enough that a bottle of Gatorade won't go in it. Yeah. But yet a bottle of water's loose in it. It's like, God damn it, can you guys just figure something Case out? Case has got it figured out, so if you hit a bump, it spills on the buddy seat and stains that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's just just wobbly enough, doesn't quite fit, so it spills on the buddy seat. Uh-huh. Yeah. There again, though, you, know, you knock my Hessens and Fiat's and whatever... The last Fiat's, well, that even like my old Heston has a cup holder. It's four inches deep, holds a pretty good sized drink, doesn't fall over. It's good to go. The last Fiat's, like the F series, they had a spot where you could flip one up and the air conditioning blew across it and kept it cold. Is that right? Yeah. Not saying it's going to be ice ice cold, no. but it was better than. Yeah, if you buy it cold that morning, it'll yeah, keep it cool. Yeah, it was the better than yeah. better than hot, and at least you had a spot for it. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. They they put everything else in these cabs except the, us smokers were left out in the cold. <laughs> yeah, anymore you are. You got nothing now. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, when we were kids, I mean, you could smoke in McDonald's, Hardee's, clothing stores. I mean, it didn't matter. You smoke anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fathom the smoking on a plane. Oh, I can't either. I, yeah, that now they clamped that by the time we yeah, were. Yeah, but, but they did it one time. Yeah, oh, yeah, for, like when we were little kids. Yeah. I, I never flew when I was that young I, yeah. to participate in it. But yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I can't imagine today. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But, I mean, hell, like I say, back then, you know, McDonald's always had them little bitty foil ashtrays that you just threw away. Yeah, I threw them away. I'll never forget going to the farm show at Louisville, going to the tractor pole, and all around Freedom Hall was those smoker rooms. Mm -hmm. And they were glass, and you couldn't see from one side of that room to the other. There was a hundred people in there chiefing it up, and you couldn't see three inches in there from the looks of it, you know. I've been in a few of them. I mean, when you come come in there, the walls are so yellow, you can just, like, lick the wall and probably die of nicotine poisoning. It's like somebody did not put a big enough ventilation fan in there, and I don't know why you'd even light up. Wouldn't you just stick your head in, grab a big drift, and walk back out? I mean, you wouldn't have to go light up. I, I think... Probably virtually every airport in America is smoke-free now. I mean, oh, I know sure, up until yeah. six, seven years ago, they always had smoking rooms. Yeah. You know, you could go in and smoke. But I know that was getting thin, thinned down pretty yeah, quick I'm there sure, a few yeah. years ago. So, hell, they're probably all... I ain't flew for a few years. But <laughs> I wonder if the cockpits used to have ashtrays like the cars do. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to ask some old pilots. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably still sitting there blazing. <laughs> yeah. They can do whatever they want. Just crack the window. They got wing windows to it. They get a hell of a breeze at 200 mile an hour. <laughs> yeah. All them ashtrays, I'll never forget them big old Bonneville cars and shit. Oh. Ashtrays all over them. Things. Yeah, that's for sure. Times have sure changed. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about that. <laughs> so if you people wanting non-mainstream tractor stuff, we'll try to 
get an episode put yeah, together we'll and cover some get, of the offbeater stuff. We get through farming time where I got yeah. some time to research some stuff. We'll see if we can throw some. Well, some of those, you know, I'm, I'm around them some, but I don't run them every day. So you kind of forget about the goods and the bads. Yeah. I'll have to brush up on some of that a little Is bit. Is there any tractors that come through your shop that you just create? You, they're just a nightmare. And I'm not saying. John Deere's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but is there any particular, you know, like a like an eleven fifty five mass? You're just like, oh my god, you know. Um, you know, they all have their. It depends on what's wrong with it, right? Well, yeah. you know, there's certain things. You know, like there's things I don't mind doing to a ten eighty six. There's other things not that handy, and that's the same for every model. You yeah. know, every one of them has their strong suits and their their big big negatives, depending on you know what you got to do to it. But yeah. It just, and some of it's just, you know, like trends. So like, you know, when we were kids, <clears throat> every tractor's got cast centers, right? Cast centers, cast centers, cast centers. All the way up into, well, even the Magnums, you know, towards the end of that starts fading to 10 bolt. But what a pain in the butt those later ones were to get off. Mm-hmm. You know, the 10 bolt hubs are way easier yeah. to deal with a press deal than just throw a wheel weight in there if you need the weight and, mm-hmm. and go on. You know, if you got to get anything you got to do behind some of that stuff, you're about to get the wheel out of your way, whether you're putting a fuel gauge in some of those or whether you're working on a hydraulic valve, you know, the, the tire's got to come off. Well, that can be a little bit of a pain in the butt, depending on how it's set up, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it can. I don't know. It. Uh, some people ask about tips and tricks in the shop or on the farm. I The biggest tip I probably got for you is slow down and, and uh, take your time. Haste makes waste. Yeah. You know, you get going so fast that next thing you know, you've messed something up that, that was totally avoidable if you'd just been yeah, taking the time to think about it. That's probably the number one tip I could give you, whether yeah. it's picking out your wife or yeah. taking out a three-eighths bolt. You know, yeah. it's uh, yeah. you, you want to kind of look around and, and uh, make sure you're doing it the right way. Well, that's the same way with Jerry rigging stuff. I mm-hmm. mean... That, you know, sometimes you get in the heat of the battle and you're 10 miles from home and you got to do something to get the field done to get it home. Totally understandable. Yeah, and and yeah, it might yeah. even have to stay that way for a week or whatever. But yeah. in the off season, get it fixed. You yeah. Know, that just. That is my number one pet peeve. It's like, I know that's been broke on your tractor for six years. Yeah. I know it has. Yeah. But today, well, now maybe it's an emergency. No, you've had six years to get that fixed. Exactly. It's not an emergency today. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there, there's a lot of that. I mean, and some of that stuff is small stuff. I am always amazed that some of the things that get broke in a tractor. It's like, what are you doing in your cab to bust out this, that, or the other? Like, I've been a fair amount of hours in a tractor. Never once just randomly tore a speaker out. You know, just... Exactly. Didn't tear the speaker out of the cab. I, you know, you're just going through the field one day, and the radio is just not loud enough for you, and you're like, you get mad at it, punch. I don't, I don't yeah. get it. You know, random plastic pieces that get broken in the cab or whatever. I just, I'm always amazed by that. You know, I, stuff happens, and there's certain sure. situations, whatever. But I see some stuff tore up in these cabs, and I'm like, now you had to work at that. Like that had to be your goal for the day. It's like I'm going to break this something or another, right? And then I'm going home for the day. The higher, you know. Uh-huh. The guy will be mad at me and send me home. You know, that has to be your goal. Yeah, you're right. I've seen that before sitting on dealer's lots. It's like, what happened here? Yeah. What happened? I, I, I don't get it. And some of the stuff. And, and then why didn't you fix it after the fact? Sure. You know, I'm always baffled by that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I realize, you know, something can be set in somewhere, it gets backed into whatever, sheet metal sure. injury or whatever. 
shouldn't happen, but it does occasionally, you know, something falls over, whatever hits it. Okay. Yeah. That stuff happens, but how do you randomly tear? I, I just don't, I don't get it. You know, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the bad part too, with all the plastic inside these. Tanks. Yeah. Somebody will, you know, they're trying to run a wire for mm-hmm. one of their 9,000 monitors. So they're taking this big piece of plastic off and they busted it and they just. <laughs> I always get a chuckle out of it. Yep. You got this three wires running through the back window. We didn't use the convenient little spot that Case IH or Deer or whoever put in the corner of that to run your cables through. That would have thrown through the window. <laughs> because the other was so far away or, right. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Always a little bit bumfoozled by that myself, too. It's like, yeah, the cable just wasn't long enough. Saving the wire. Yeah. People are different, I tell you. Some guys do stuff that just makes me cringe when I see it. And I don't know. <laughs> Not to go back down the engineer path, but, you know, hooking different stuff up and stuff, whatnot. It's like, I think they ever hooked anything to this or that seemed like a handy spot for it. Like I, my brother and I always laughed. We had at one time we had a really nice 3688, a 5288 and something else. It's like they all had three valves. One of them had one on one side and two on the other. The other one had two on one side, one on the other. And the electrical plug conveniently was located partially behind the top valve on both models. It's like, you had yeah. to go out of your way yeah. to, to partially block that. Right. <laughs> Did you ever think about hooking something up to that? Uh-huh. You know, it's like a 1066. Got that little electrical plug. I have never seen the mail no. plug for that. As far as I'm concerned, that nut plug doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. I have never seen that plugged into anything in my entire life. Don't even know what the plug would look like. Right. I've never seen one. There's a female receptacle there. Yeah. Nothing fits it. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the, it does make you wonder if they ever... Hooked it to anything, tried to, you know, operator ease. Well, it couldn't hook it to a hell of a lot. It only had the one fuse, and it was already maxed out with the lights. <laughs> so here's a question. If you talk about engineers, on your grain cart, when it's in the field, do you put the auger down every time, or do you leave it up? My brother leaves it up. He runs the cart. He leaves it up. Okay. We leave ours up, too, but not saying it's right or wrong. I know that can cause a humongous debate. I don't mind the auger up thing. (laughs) What does annoy me, though, is when I'm opening the field up, we haven't got the cart full yet, and he's already got the auger up. I'm like, wait till we get some room. Wait till we get some space, and you're not full. You don't don't have to get the auger out just yet. Right. Okay. When you edge a field in a tractor, go along the edge, do you edge with the right side or the left side? Usually edge with the right. I do, too. I always edge with the right. Yeah. So, to me, why didn't we put grain cart augers on the right-hand side? You know, now well, you're trying to fill trucks, and you're over here reaching for all this shit, looking over the opposite shoulder, clear back behind you. So, they actually make one now. I right. think they just I come out with one. Elmer's Jane, or yeah, one yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. What irritates me is it, it doesn't seem to matter. However, I set it up. The tarp's always on the wrong side of the truck, so you got to look for over sure. the tarp so you can't see in the hopper unless you're loading the wrong way, yeah. you know. And I don't know why truck drivers always want you to load the the back. They always got to, they always want to be directing. It's like, dude, I haven't put anything in you yet. Yeah, I've got eight hundred bushel on the cart. You got a thousand bushel trailer. I don't need directions. I can just put it in there. It'll it'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. But they always want you to back up, pull forward, back up, pull forward. How about I just start here? Yeah, and I drive to the other end. I'll yeah. put it all on there. You go ahead and take it on. Well, nowadays with all these electric tarps, why can't we figure out a way to make them bi-directional? You can roll it to the left or the right. Yeah. That would save a hell of a lot of headaches loading over ditches and tarps and all that. <laughs> you were talking about the combine thing, you know, and 
the auger cart. So, you know, it's like, well, why don't combines have two augers? I can tell you why they don't. Because some cheap-ass farmer would wear the auger out on the left, and he'd never fix it. And he'd just run off the right one until it was wore out. Then he'd be mad as hell at his dealer that both his augers were down, and what's he going to do now? You know, it's uh-huh. like, well, you had five years to uh-huh. fix the left one, but you never did. For sure. Yeah. I've always wondered, though, on a combine, why you couldn't do something similar to, like, a silage chopper, a tube where you're blowing grain. Where you can, I know on some, I know on some of the test combines, it was in the middle and it would swing three hundred and sixty degrees. Really, so you could swing it clear around. Which yeah. I get it now because heads are so big, the auger has to be so long. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, you kind of, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The the green cart thing is quite the argument on up or down where you put it, but yeah, we usually leave ours up and keep it up. Yeah, well, and part of the reason we do is a you don't want. To be fold them and unfold them near the truck, you know, because you're mm-hmm. invariably you're going to hit some. But our, you know, that's a great big auger with a fairly small cylinder. Yeah. And how many people do you know that's actually going to physically stop, let it all the way up or down, yeah. and then take off? No, they're going to be driving, bouncing yeah. through the field while it's half up or half down. Yeah, and, and then that coupler's not lined up, and then it bangs, and yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Because I really, you know, it, it over centers so much and it's so heavy. I honestly don't think it's hurting much. Now, no, I'm no engineer, not. but, you know, was, and, you know, we're not running 20 mile an hour across the field with ours either. So yeah. I mean, no, it should be fine. I like it up. But that can cause a major debate on certain forums. I've seen guys oh, about for sure. the blows over that. Deal. Yeah, no doubt. It's a heated topic. And the funny part is all those guys that are doing that are usually the combine operator. They're not even running the cart. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care as long as the grain makes it from the cart to the truck, however they want to do it. Combine auger, it depends on where we're at and how good the corn is. I always put it in. There's there's some fields that I'll leave it out in. If it's a good, smooth field, nothing, no trees, no nothing. And if it's good corn, because our cart won't, you know, the auger has to be fully out on the combine. If the guy's pulling up and the auger's only half out while it's swinging out, he'll hit it. So there's times I'll leave it out, which I know probably ain't the right thing to do. I always put it in, for one, so it's not... On the newer ones, they're probably more robust, but on the older ones, it really wasn't meant to be out, especially if you couldn't get empty the last time. Yeah. Then I definitely put it in. Yeah. Um, But I always put it in, because if I flip it out, that means, hey... Get your butt over here. Yeah. I'm full. I'm yeah. not hollering at you on the radio. Yeah. You should be watching. The auger's out. I want somebody underneath it. Yeah. So I always fold it back in. I would say I fold mine in 75, 80% of the time. But there's a few instances where I'll leave it out. So that can cause another shit storm. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> no doubt. My brother and I always joke. It's like, I wouldn't want to rock that switch down. You know, it's yeah. too much work. It's not like you got to get out and kick it in. Like it's a 715 or a you know, 4400. Yeah. You can do it from the cab. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was something I was going to say on that dumping in the truck thing. I can't remember what it is now. It uh, one of my pet peeves on that, but I don't remember what it was. But how cool would that be for these tarp companies? Make the make the tarp go either way. I don't know. How I that don't even. They don't even have to do that for me, Tony. I want them to take one feature from the green cart company. Green carts, or at least my green cart, has cables instead of the little straps mm-hmm. that support your tarp. How come they don't do that on semis? Nope. We've got a vintage 1981 ratchet strap on there that flaps every time grain hits it and sprays it all over the ground. Yeah. And we've probably got two of them. Yeah. And we got it spaced just small enough you can't dump in between it. Yep. How about cables so they don't sit there and flutter and blow the grain out? Or I guess on a tarp, you wouldn't even have to go bi-directional. Make it come clear off of the side that it rolls to instead of setting up on the ledge. Yeah, so you can see over it. Yeah, make it come on down six inches 
on yeah. the side, I don't know. I'm not an engineer. I'm sure somebody will tell me that that's the dumbest thing they've ever heard of. And you can't do it because of X, Y, Z. I think if we can put a man on the moon, we can figure out how to get, yeah, how to get out of a tarp. Yeah, how to get a tarp out of your way. <laughs> Make him roll front to back. I don't care what you do. <laughs> like a dump truck. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Now you're on to something. Mm-hmm. Just drive slow. You don't have to tarp it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. It is. No doubt. Uh, the other questions I got a couple of times was uh, people who influenced us, which, I mean, obviously for me it would be my father. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, that, that's kind of different for me. I didn't, I don't know that I really had anybody that necessarily influenced me. It was just something that I always wanted to do. So I kind of looked up to everybody who did it. You yeah, know, I, I, mean, I mean, obviously your grandpa would have been a big influence yeah, on you, though. he would have, I guess. Um but I, I don't know. That's I don't know. I, I just I don't know. I mean, both sides of my family farmed, so pretty much everybody involved in that, from my from my uncle and my cousin to both grandpas. Um, we had a neighbor down the road who I was really close with that was always super super good to me. Um, you know, and then of course my dad, my brother. You know, growing up with them, whatever, just always farmed and that. Just always wanted to do it, you know. Just, yeah, I just didn't really even question not doing it. You that's kind of I question not doing it now. <laughs> but as a kid, when all you're going to do is run the machinery, you yeah. don't have to pay any of the bills. You're like, oh, this is the greatest job ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting out here on a cabless tractor on a 104-degree day, cultivating. This is awesome. Uh-huh. I can't wait to do more of this, you yeah. know. Roll a little coal every time yeah. you turn on the end. <laughs> Man, if I just had more acres to do, that's my problem. I'm running out of ground. This is a great job. Uh-huh. It pays like... Less than minimum wage. I get to stop and pick up the occasional rock. This is a great gig. Yep. But you truly was free. Nobody was bothering you. That's true. You were there to do your own thing. You was big stuff. I was just talking cultivating with a buddy of mine the other day. You know, my brother would always wave at me when he wanted me to change the radio station because I had a 1468 that I cultivated with for a while. Mm -hmm. Well, that thing was so loud you couldn't hear the... I couldn't hear the radio setting on it, but he could hear the radio clearer than I could you know, uh-huh. 24 rows away or whatever. So he'd wave eventually and change the station. I'm tired of listening to this one or whatever. Uh, yeah. Them old Fender radios, they weren't much, I tell you. Well, the tractors were so loud you couldn't hear the radio. I mean, like I said, two mile over you could hear it. You but. couldn't have heard a fucking ACDC concert over after Machinery I run. Mm-hmm. They expect this little tiny radio. To- yeah. What would have been better would have been headphones. Yeah. And those had headphone jacks, but nobody carried a set of headphones with no, them. they didn't. Which would have been beneficial. No. We had a 4010 diesel with a straight pipe and a turbo on it. And a radio that was, I mean, it was a step grade above a Walkman. <laughs> I mean, you were going to hear nothing over that. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you there. Another thing Heston had was the Premier radio with a CB mic that plugged right into it. It has CB built right in it. What? So you could break or breaker it. Right there from the tractor. It's all built in one unit. Fact. Hell, I never knew they had such. Digital display even for your channels. All your controls were on the mic. Are you serious? I'm serious. I'll have to dig one out and see if I still got one around there. It was so awesome, in fact, that my dad even, back in the day, that's what he had in the Jeep. Is that right? Yeah. It was pretty cool, actually. I didn't know they could do such. Yeah, the radio was just a normal-sized radio. Yeah. I think there was another little box that... It was kind of built into it, yep. so it was, you know, a little bit bigger than a normal radio, but it would fit in a normal radio spot. 
but you had to kind of tuck that in there. I'll be and good. then your mic just plugged right into the deal, and you're good to go. It would come through your radio then. No kidding. So you could actually hear it instead of yeah. just garbled up. Yeah, nothing. That was pretty be. neat. What year is that tractor? Your Heston. 85, I think. 85. I think. Oh, I'd have to look. I don't remember now. I looked that Boy, up at one you'd time. You'd have been hard-pressed to find any tractor back then with a factory digital radio. Well, that was the radio knobs. wasn't digital. It was knobs. But the, the channel up and down on the mic was Oh, on the mic. Oh, okay. No kidding. Yeah. Well, I, I have never heard of such. Well, I, I probably still have one around there. Ours doesn't have that in there. Um, it's got the original radio, but it doesn't have the CB package, huh. which is fine because I didn't really need the CB package. <laughs> but, but, uh, but now if you ran that on but, the grain cart, you could talk I to could talk to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes, I can see what's going on at the pickle park. Yeah, you could. And advise see. them accordingly. Yep, let yeah. them know there's a full grown coming mm-hmm. up behind them. <laughs> no doubt. Then they'd want to be talking to me about how they want me to load the cart. Because one thing I've learned about truck drivers is a trailer will not be square unless you back up. Apparently, they don't just follow the truck in forward motion. You have to back up at least once or they're not square. <laughs> Maybe it's like Scooby-Doo. You always got to back up before you take off. Yeah, there you go. Might be the same thing. And they always want to get out there and wave you and tell you which way to pull forward. Yeah, yeah. We got it. It's okay. You can stay in the cab. Well, it always killed me, too, loading out of the field, is they'd always tell you, pile here, pile here, whatever, mm-hmm. and you load it to 86,000, and they're fine with it. It's like, what well, did it really matter at this point? <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that cracks me up is, like, my card has scales. Yeah. Well, just tell me how much you want. Yeah. And I'll get her on there. It'll be fine, you know. <laughs> not, not knocking truck drivers. No, just, I'm not. <laughs> it just always cracks. They're just dying to get up there and wave you around, you know. It's like, it, it, it's okay. <laughs> We got it. And I suppose they see all kinds of drivers, oh, you know, yeah. or whatever. But even my dad will try to do it. And it's like, but we've been loading this truck for a while. We, we yeah. stay in the cab. It's okay. Good. Well, I have had truck drivers tell me, too, you know, yeah, is it so-and-so's farm? And, you know, told him to shut it off. And three minutes later, he shuts it off. I mean, you know, yeah, he just no completely doubt. overloaded me to the max. I mm-hmm. get it. But, yeah. They <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh, what's another one that we got? Oh, China buying up all the land. Yeah, there's no positive from that. No. I got to think there's a, well, there is a positive to it, maybe to some degree. It's like everybody's concerned about urban sprawl. I'm all for urban sprawl. Yeah. The more that ground they buy up, the more my crop's worth. Yep, I'm the same way. You know, they want to buy up all the prime prime land around Champaign. Knock yourself out. Yep. Burn it up. That just makes my stuff that much better, you know. I agree. It, it should be flat illegal for other countries or citizens of other countries to buy land in this yeah country. i don't sorry. disagree there i just don't there, think there's an end game there that i'm afraid we don't want to know about probably yeah. same with bill gates owning all the ground he's buying up there's got to be something yeah. wrong there i i don't know this for sure so maybe i shouldn't even say it but i bet you or i would be hard pressed to go to china and buy land <laughs> yeah you know yeah i'm sure that's probably not allowed and i don't know that maybe it is i don't know but i don't know it's for those of you out there listening if you hear I'm in China, I've been kidnapped. Yeah. I did not go willingly. For sure. <laughs> and I did not do that on my own free will. So come get me. Uh, yeah, that, that is spooky, though. And with, like you say, with Bill Gates and all this, there's something's afoot. I don't know what it is for sure, but yeah, it's, it's probably not in you and I's best interest. No, I'm sure it's not. I'm not too worried about it now. In our immediate area, we got that Delta Force put on the other day. And so I've got Chuck Norris on the planner. Ah. So 
I'm not worried about China my, around my area at all. I, I don't know what that's supposed to do for my plant, but he is kicking ass. I mean, it, it, yeah. he sees a weed, bam, out of the way, whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it was a little hard to install. I was a hard time talking him into riding there, uh -huh. but uh, it's been a pretty good pretty good deal with Delta Force on there. Right? Chuck Norris is a bad mofo. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> but, no, to me, that there there is no reason why citizens from other countries or countries themselves, however you want to word that, should be over here yeah. buying anything. Exactly. It's, and that's what just infuriates me about the U.S. government, how it's just, everybody just walks all over them, and they just... Because they're getting paid, Tony. It is. They're getting it's, paid, and that's well. That all that stuff slides by if you're getting paid enough. You're not worried about the next generation. You're getting paid. Yep, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know. But this deal with Gates, I, I I got a funny feeling something's going on with water rights in a big way. Water, carbon credits, yep. et cetera. There, there's got to be a... Water will be a traded commodity Yeah. very, very soon. Yeah, and I can believe I that. I feel for some of the guys out west, they're already mm -hmm. a lot of battle. X amount of water. Because it may get real expensive for you mm -hmm. here for long. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work, but it's it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good for agriculture. That's for sure. No. Which I guess the flip side to that is it could be good for guys like you and I because if they can't raise corn anymore. Yeah, that's true. But I do think the other end game is what? when you start taking all these vehicles and turning them electric to where we're not using near the ethanol, we're not going to need this much corn anyway. No. So, Unless we can find a way to burn it in a power plant, since all we're doing is moving the smokestack and the plug-in to begin with. But yeah, yeah I, there's probably some merit to that. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, this is going to sound harsh, and I, do, I don't mean it this way. So please don't take offense to this. But they're raising corn in a lot of areas now. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to say that they shouldn't be. That when you and I were kids was unheard of. You didn't raise corn in North Dakota when we were kids. I mean, I, I know somebody's going to chime in. We've been raising corn for 40 years. That you're missing the point on this. I'm just yeah. saying there was corn now, raised when in corn got high. There was a lot of skeptical land that yeah. got converted to corn acres that yeah. wouldn't have ever been corn acres in previous. For sure. You know, some of that cattle pasture and wherever you know. Well, really shouldn't farm it, but we're going to. Right. You know. Right. So well, it's no different. You know, I mean, they raised corn in Arizona even. Yeah. But you, know, you have to have water. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the end game on it. And Well, let's just say part of the new farm program is no irrigation. Yeah. Let's just say, but I'm just yeah. throwing that out there as an yeah. example. That takes a lot of acres out of production on a lot of crops. Oh, for fast, sure. In you a big hurry. Yeah. Pretty much anything west of Kansas is done. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, you know. Yeah. I'm, well, even certain factors of Illinois. Yeah. You know, sure. are, are over. You know, so... I'm not saying they should do that. Don't don't. I don't want a bunch of hate mail on, on people saying I said they should do that. But uh, you know, let's just say that was part of the deal, or highly regulated, or whatever. That takes a lot of that takes a lot of change it to does. make that work. You know, it does. And that's what I always hate about this is the stuff in this country that I feel needs to be changed drastically and quickly never gets done. But something like that, that it's yeah. like, okay, if you're going to do that, we got to phase this in over a long period of time. They'll just clamp up. Blank, blanket policy today. Yeah. Yep, done. Yeah. No, I hear you there. It is funny how that always works. It's like I saw an article the other day that they're trying to figure out how to get more ground back in CRP. It's like, well, if you hadn't rejected a bunch of the stuff that should have been in it and stayed in it, yeah. you wouldn't have to try to figure out a way to get guys back in it. You I know? agree. Yeah. Some of that stuff shouldn't be in crop production. No, you know? it shouldn't. And man, that high corn, that really threw shit for a loop. Yeah, that, that got a lot of stuff tore up that really shouldn't have been. And, you know, I get it, always having 
land, I guess, what you would call in reserve to some degree, but yet it's such marginal land, you know, yeah. it, I don't know what the answer to that is. Some of that shit, they need to make it longer programs, because there, there was a lot of land around here that was in CRP my entire life until yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. You know. Yeah, all that around the edge of town was in sure. CRP. It was, yep. You know, and then you take that out, and that drastically affects the water flow. Yep. You know, on how stuff runs off and this, that, and the other. And that, I mean, that's good enough land. It, you know, yeah. really didn't have to be in CRP. Yeah. It was in there for other reasons, but. Yeah. Yeah. And some of that, too, you know, why, why can't they try to put some common sense behind some of that as far as, okay, if this piece of land was in CRP for 20 years and the price of corn got high and you took it out, you know, why can't you just immediately put it back in? You know, they always got yeah. this deal, well, you got to farm it for three years and yeah. this and that. Always some loophole in it. Yeah. 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 I, you know, the one thing I've really probably noticed more than anything off of TikTok is, you know, things are very regional specific, right? So the way we do things here might not work 15 miles from here, 20 miles from here, 200 miles from here. Every place is doing their own little thing because that's what works for them. Well, then we get these blanket policies that, you know, cover this, cover that. This is how we're doing it. Well, that, that's the right policy for like 4% of what they're doing. Yeah. The other 96, that's not the right policy. Yeah. Once again, I think it comes back to your senator that's yeah. greasing palms or, you know, has been in Congress for 40 years. Yeah. And he's on the, the ag committee. and it. Yeah. And he owns... 500 acres and he wants this program <laughs> yeah and his brother-in-law farms 20,000 acres and yeah it's yeah yeah and there's a lot of goofy stuff out there i know at one time they had a program it's like you put a board in your water tank so raccoons and squirrels and possums and stuff could crawl back out if they fell in them that was you know x number of dollars yeah. you know it's like really you're gonna yeah. we're gonna so we're gonna pay somebody for that okay yeah. i mean i guess whatever well, and here's the part that we couldn't get over with or get over at work is we got a piece of ground that we farm. It's, I mean, it is absolute shit. I mean, it's a giant clay hillside. It's ATL, so we have to no-till it, brush all the way around it. I mean, just some of the shittiest soil money could buy. You got a big yeah. seep out in it. You got to farm around it. It's just, it is a fucked up farm. But when you go to put it in CRP or whatever, it goes off a of soil type. Yeah. So it's a farm that truly needs to be in CRP and shouldn't be farmed, yeah. but they were going to pay $82 an acre to put it in CRP. It's like, to me, that's completely backwards, though. You can take a flat black square 80, and it's like, well, yeah, we'll give you 230 bucks. It's yeah. like, well, that ground should be farmed. That's good farm ground. Yeah. But the stuff that shouldn't be farmed, it's like, well, now, you know, so that, that's almost encouraging you to keep farming it when you shouldn't be, because mm -hmm. like, well, I can't make nothing off of CRP, so... I've always thought the same thing about property taxes. You get this guy has got an old farmhouse it's, it's starting to fall in. They won't do anything with it. It's growing up in weeds, whatever. Taxes on it or nothing. You got a guy that's actually trying to take care of his property, resides it, re-roofs it, mm -hmm. you know, fixes the driveway, whatever. We're going to raise his taxes. Should be the other way around. Yeah. Encourage that guy to fix that place yeah. up and make it into something and don't penalize the guy that, that, yeah, for that's, sure. that's keeping his property up. Because he spent the money and paid the sales tax on some materials to make it that yeah. way. It's, it's typical government. Punish the working guy. That's yeah, it's always backwards. Yeah. Yeah, they just, they don't put no common sense in anything. And I'm not going down the political road. That's no. not what we're here for, but no. it, it gets aggravating. You know, they, these policies that they make, they just, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. And it, I don't know. No, that's for sure. Like I said, and, they, and I get that they have to do some sort of blanket deal. 
but that like i said that doesn't work in every area right what you know for what they're trying to do and and the noise and they're always late to the game right so their policy is based on two or three years prior to that commodity prices which doesn't reflect current day trends because they're always a little bit behind and then by the time they get back around and it's 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 always flip-flopped on how it should be yeah it's no different than the subsidy programs and we're not going to go down this road of love them hate them shouldn't get them whatever but you know, you take your ARC, PLC, and all this, they make some dipshit, stupid-ass formula, and so you really don't know when it's going to trigger or how yeah. it can even trigger. Why can't they just make it simple? If corn gets below 385 a bushel, we're going to give you 10 bucks, and, you know, whatever your formula wants to be. But this stupid shit of figure this, times we're, that. Remember the LDP deal? Oh, it was, yeah. yeah. The more corn you raise, the more we're going to pay you. Yeah. So the guys that got good crops get money, the guys that don't have a crop, well, you ain't getting shit. Yeah. Isn't that backwards of the way that program was designed to work, you know? And then we got people, you know, dropping stuff off at 2 in the morning, you know, so it's there by the deadline, and it's, yeah, a whole big nightmare, yeah. I mean, it's this is the same government that tells you and I that you need to go paperless and do all this mm-hmm. other shit to save the planet. I mean, you've been in your local FSA <laughs> office lately, they got 9,000 fucking filing cabinets of shit that don't amount to nothing because you got to sign your name 400 <laughs> times. times. Yeah. It just... Yeah, and their acres are never what what the field actually is. No, and they change every year. And they change every year, and it's 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 always a a debacle. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I wouldn't even want to. They they have easily destroyed half of the Amazon rainforest and the amount of trees. That <laughs> you, I mean, you just go in there to sign up for your crop. I mean, you can't just print out on one form that says, "Okay, these are the acres, and I certify that that's what I planted." No. And just sign that one page at the bottom. Nope. No, nope, it's got to be a page with every field on it. Uh, you know? Just redundant. It just it's. I don't know how they ever find anything. There is more filing cabinets in there, like you say, in oh, paper, it's, and uh, it's a large paper trail. Let's see. Did we get any other questions? Oh, mess ups was another question. We got what's your biggest mess up on the farm? I haven't had any huge catastrophic ones. Yeah, I, I will be the first. I haven't either. Knock on wood. <laughs> One of the ones that scared me the most, and it wasn't my fault, but I remember I was pulling two wagons to town and uh, down an old dirt road, and I was not going fast. Just cruising along real slow and easy because the road was pretty rough, and the front axle broke on the wagon and dumped the wagon. So I got it unhooked, and I turned the tractor around, and I wasn't super old. I was like 14, 15 maybe. Went wheeling back down to the farm, pulled up next to Dad in the combine. <laughs> kind of took him by surprise for a second. And I'm um, like, hey, I got a problem, you know. Well, it turned out it had been cracked for a while, and we didn't yeah. notice it. You, know, you could tell it was rusty or whatever. But that one probably scared me the, the most because I happened to be looking back right when it happened. Yep. And that wagon was coming at me. Not that it was going to get me. I mean, yeah. it's not going to get me. You're just surprised when the wagon's starting to tip and, sure. and turn, and it dumps it in the ground. And, so then you get the pleasure of running a grain vac, which for those of you who haven't done it, is not a pleasurable experience. No. Imagine a vacuum cleaner that you can't pick up that sounds like a 747 jet airplane taking off in your ear. Yeah. But we got most of it cleaned up. Probably lost, you know, four or five bushel. Yeah. But it wasn't a big deal. But, of course, naturally, you know, as we're finishing up, it's starting to sprinkle. Yeah. You know, it's like just stuff like that. that uh, there's always something unexpected that happens to you that not necessarily anybody's fault. It just yeah. it just happens. You know? I would say one of the worst that I've ever had, and like I say, I've been fortunate too. I've never had any accidents, never turned nothing over, nothing, thank God. But probably one of the, and it wasn't even that bad, was, it was a year or two after I started working for Kevin, down in the river bottom, there was a tile hole. And yep. it just so happened, this is where we had row shutoffs and shit on planters, and it was right where the headland 
and your regular roast meat. And yep. So the corn was all crossed up there. Yeah. And it wasn't really down, but it was kind of leaning. And so, thank God, I was just creeping along. Hell, I probably wasn't going two, three mile an hour creeping through there. And there was a giant tile. And there just wasn't a way to see it because, yeah. you know, it wasn't there when I planted. I mean, and yeah. you're not, you just want to think you don't think about. I mean, yeah, exactly. And uh, run off in that son of a bitch. I mean, it was bad. Now, I had the unloading all right. I had just got done dumping on the grain cart and luckily he was not under me but when it went down it went down on the left side and i would say the unloading auger the spout on the unloading auger was probably eight to ten inches off the ground i mean it was yeah. clear down in there you know because it all went on one side it does always amaze me how a little bit of a bump in the field can really move that auger a lot yeah. next thing you know you got it stuck in the grain cart and how you can get it yeah. out yeah but that scares the shit out of you when you're rolling along and all at once it just goes Caves completely away. down like that yeah and so, no big deal. I mean, we just, uh, I don't even know if we had to unhook the grain cart, just wrapped a chain on it. And, I mean, it come right out. It wasn't no, and luckily the corn had caught it too, you know, from yeah. really, I mean, didn't tear anything up at all. And so we, uh, the, they end up, they dug, so it's right there on the Kaskaskia River bank. The tile's 13 feet deep there. No kidding. Yep. Yeah, and there's all kinds of sand. They had to stair step it when we replaced the tile because it was yeah. caving in, you know. And so we replaced it, and it was uh, a year or two later, for whatever reason, that come back, we laid a new tile in. I don't remember how that, that story went down, but it showed up again. And that time, the co-op hit it with a sprayer and totaled the sprayer. Really? I mean, it like to threw that guy out of the windshield. I bet. Well, they was a little bit pissed at us for it. It's like, well, fuck, I didn't know it was there. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, no doubt, yeah. right? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he come down through there. And, I mean, of course, you know, we went, he was running 10, 12 mile an hour when yeah. he hit it. I mean, yeah, it I bet. Liked it. Skinny tire went right down. Yeah, sure enough, it twisted the frame. Yeah, I think it was a... Forty-seven ten John Deere. But, oh, they weren't out much then. Yeah, <laughs> but that's probably the the closest bad call I've ever had. I've just been very fortunate. I mean, yeah, I, knock on wood, I've been been pretty lucky there too. But man, I've seen some guys have some doozies. I yeah, mean, as busy as traffic is on the highways anymore and whatnot, it it's a wonder there isn't more accidents on the road. Yeah, you know, I remember. Oh, it's been 10, 12 years ago now. A farmer north of us running two grain carts. It was dirty that fall, and they met with their augers out. Yeah. <laughs> Tore them both Dueling off. augers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who will win? The yeah. parts salesman. That's exactly. who wins that one. Yeah. yeah. The welder. Yeah. Been several old-timers, you know, hit telephone poles with combine augers. <laughs> Remember when we were kids, and there was like a ritual Massey combine burning every year. Oh, for sure. Because everybody had a 510 or a 750 or something. Yep. And one of those burnt every year. Yep religiously they did you know you just plan on it. it's like well harvest is about over somebody's gonna burn <laughs> yep there it is <laughs> yep i don't know what why those things were always so fire prone but it seemed like one of those caught fire every year yep, they did i tell you about every person that i've ever talked to that's owned one had had it on fire at some point in time may not have lost the whole machine but it had a fire on it yeah, yeah. i've been fortunate there i've never had a combine fire thank god never me either but it, it is odd like some are more prone for that than others like we had two 1460s at one time and the one you would constantly find bean fuzz just smoldering really? somewhere on. it never caught fire yeah but like you get back so we always were pretty cautious when we brought it back at the end of the day you know i like to blow them off at night because then you're already dirty and you don't have to do it the next day but by the same token you might soak up a fire or blow sure. something onto the hot manifold so it depends on the time of the day and and what's going on but on how we do that but that one would always like, you know, there's just a little pile of fuzz on the exhaust manifold that's sitting there smoldering or down by these two lines or something smaller. The other one, yep. never. 
never run into that, you know. Oh, it's just odd how they were identical combine. Yeah. I mean, they were five or six years apart, but yeah, but yeah. It's a wonder back then there wasn't more combine fires. And like for the younger listeners, you know, that are in their twenties that have you know grew up on fairly modern machinery, you know, there's a lot of sensors and stuff now that tell you when something. You know, that, I mean, it don't cover the whole machine, obviously. Yeah. But back then, you know, you could run a fourteen sixty if you didn't hear it. Yeah. I mean, you could have a bearing that was way out. I mean, it had a monitor, but yeah, it would tell you some of that. But by the same token, I guess, so they were made out of metal. Now these new ones, yeah. they're plastic and, you know, the yeah. exhaust is twice as hot as it should be. Sure. And they go up a lot quicker, it seems like. But yeah, they do. You get one on fire nowadays and it, it you just won't walk away from you guys it. Gotta, it you guys like got to be cautious. Yeah. yeah. I remember in 2012, my insurance company's like, ah, your crop shot, just work it down. So I was working it down and got some corn stalks and exhaust manifold in my four-wheel drive, and I got it put out. Thank God the day before, my daughter, who wasn't super old at the time, had been riding with me, and she brought a, a uh, blanket to lay on the floor with, and she left it in there. And that's the only thing that saved me. I got exactly. beat out with that. I had a couple bottles of water and threw that at it. Yep. My brother's response time with a fire extinguisher was phenomenal. <laughs> so I called him, like, hey, fire, told him where I was at. And he, I've never seen it. I mean, his reaction time was <laughs> phenomenal. I, I, that's the fastest he ever had to run and the fastest I'm sure. Well, he's always drove fast, but that, I mean, he made record time to the field. I had it beat out with that blanket by then, but just barely. And I, we might have hosed it a little bit with the fire extinguisher once he got there just to make sure, you know, or whatever. And then uh, it was fine the rest of the time, but it uh, about lost it. Yeah, it, it got any worse. It didn't hurt a thing. Yeah. Didn't hurt a thing. It was just... Yeah. Flared up there on the manifold, and it, it yep. didn't discolor the paint, didn't do anything. Yep. But another couple of minutes or whatever, I'm sure it would have got to something. You know, something there was going to burn. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, got a I'd neighbor, be concerned. I got a neighbor down the road here sits on an insurance board, and uh, so he sees and hears a lot of different things. And uh, he told me, he said, always take your fire extinguishers off of your combine and shake them up. Because he said a lot, really? of, a lot of them powder ones, yeah. they'll sit there for years and all that vibration going through the field, it'll pack that shit in there so tight, you'll have a fire and you'll go to hit the lever and it's just going to go, and that's all you got. Because that shit's packed in there so tight it won't come out. That's, so he a, said, that's a valid point. He said, always take them things off. He said, a couple times a year and shake the piss out of them. Maybe if, if you're not in the field using it, you know, when you're getting things ready. Turn it upside down in your shop for a few days, yeah. you know, just whatever you can to get that shit. That's right probably there. solid advice because that, that's the next thing I did was mount fire extinguishers to everything. When I yep. spent, you know, how many thousand dollars on fire extinguishers, put one on everything, and it's like, yep. but it's been riding there the whole time since. I've never had it off yep. uh, to do that. Yep. Now, I assume, assume the CO2 ones are probably fine, but them ones that got that powder shit in them, yeah. them thing, that'll pack that shit in there, and it will not come out. So, even, and the gauge will say fully charged and the whole ball of wax, but it won't do shit because it. Some of the best ones we got are you just fill them full of water like a third of the way and then pump them the rest of the way with air. Oh, really? So you can recharge them yourself, Yeah, obviously. And uh, those are pretty handy. Those yeah. are, those have saved me more than once on you know, random stuff. Or sure. If I'm going to light a ditch or something, I take one of those. Because once in a while, all you need is just a little something yeah. to yep. divert it, change direction, whatever. And you're not wasting a fire extinguisher. That way you can turn yeah. it back up. And yeah. They work pretty handy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, no, I've, uh, I've been fortunate on that. No, well, no, we had a big fire here last fall. Oh God! That, my goodness, there was there was a couple, two or three of them, and it was it was nasty. Oh you man, know. that that one that that big one that was the worst fire that's ever been around here in my life. Yeah, we were finishing up that morning, I think, and I was super cautious and glad to get done. And yep. it was actually sprinkled a little bit that smart that morning. 
yeah. where I was at, and I was actually kind of thankful. I'm like, light drizzle, I'll finish in that. Yeah, because <laughs> that'll keep that'll yeah. keep me from having a bigger issue, probably. Well, I mean, God, it hadn't rained for mm-hmm. well about August 10th was the last rains, and this would have been mid October ish, roughly somewhere yeah. in there. And I remember it was dry as a bone, and we had like 40 mile an hour wind, and yeah. ungodly winds. And I'll never forget that I was picking corn in the Kaskaskia River bottom, and I could see all the smoke. And I was just getting ready to pick up my phone and call the neighbor because he was just a mile south of me where I yeah. could see the smoke. And about that time, another neighbor called me and said, man, did you hear about the fire? And I said, yeah, some bitch is right south of me. I said, what's going on? He said, oh, it's clear down in Albemarle, which would be 20 miles away. Or yeah, at least 20, 30. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, no, I said, I'm talking about the one that's just south of me. He's like, no, that's the same fire. I'm like, you got to be shit, man. I mean, the, the smoke, I mean, I thought it was that close. Yeah. But hell, that thing burnt what? Five, six miles yeah. one way and yeah. mile or two the other. I forget how when it was. When it's that windy and dry, there's no stopping it. No. That guy's still not doing real great, I don't think. Is that right? I think it's still out. And yeah. for some of you that's out west, I mean, I'm sure that's nothing on a scale of fire as you guys see, but in Illinois farmland where there's no trees, no brush, yeah, you know, not big open fields of grass, yeah, you know, that, that's a rarity for it's us. It's rare, I mean, yeah. You know, I've never seen a fire that big around here mm-hmm. ever. I mean, around here, a humongous fire is 25 acres. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're lucky they got that dude shut down when they did. I mean, that was going to get yeah, no doubt for long. Yeah. And, and it's a miracle they ever got it stopped. I mean, it's 45-mile-hour wind. For for tillage equipment, I don't think they would have. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how they got all the lion's share of it stopped. Yeah. Yeah. I think somebody was telling me, like, the air filters and those tractors were, you know, basically oh, on fire and smoked. And all that. Some of the cabs permanently smell like campfire now and yeah yeah well and that's the thing in wind like that i mean you got to be three quarters of a mile ahead of that thing yeah disc. it goes I mean, fast yeah it was going so fast you you ain't going to get away from it yeah after seeing stuff like that it always makes me leery of having a house in the woods yeah you know sure. where's a little leaf cover or whatever because it goes so quick yep. there's nothing you can do about it yeah. yeah no i hope we don't ever see that again that was a bad no that doubt. And that all started with a combine fire? Yeah, I think just, so. It just got out of hand? Yeah. But yeah, no doubt. I know we even contemplated just stopping for a few, because, you know, yeah. with, you were picking into the wind one way, and then the wind was up your ass the other way. It's like, man, you get corn stalks and shit blowing up in this combine, and you get a fire, you're going to have a fucking mess. Yeah, fast. Yeah. I saw one on TikTok the other day. It was a cotton picker, and the, the hopper was on fire, and he just dumped it. You got to the end of the field and dumped the fire out, basically. And it looked like the machine was fine or good, or he was still moving. Of course, then the video ended. You know, we got sixty seconds, but uh, it looked like he got rid of all the fire. (laughs) But but, uh, I'm sure it would go fast too. I I would imagine cotton burns quick. Yeah, I was always told when I cut wheat out west, I thought it was sunflowers. I think they're real oily. And boy, them things can make it, you know, can cause a hell of a combine. You can't get yeah. it out. It, yeah, you know, well, once I could it see starts, that. it just, it's nasty. But yeah, I could see that. Well, once again, looks like we've just about covered everything under the sun, I guess. We've made yeah. it. Yeah. We always seem to circle back around. We do. <laughs> <laughs> like a damn stray dog. Yeah, we just keep coming back. As long as somebody's feeding us, we just keep coming back mm-hmm. around. Yep. But. No, I hope everybody has a good, safe planting season this year. If you ever get started, I mean, it's around here. It ain't really wound up too tight yet. But no. That'll change any day. God, you can plant a lot of corn in no time now. Yeah, you can be wrong fast if you want to be. Yeah. yeah. Was that 2019, you know, the year that's really, really wet? 
nationwide, we went from like 0% to like 28% planted in a week. I mean, it was an ungodly amount. Uh, yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. I know one of those years when we did it all in two or two and a half days, basically, corn yeah. and beans both, you know. I worked ground all day, my brother planted corn, and I planted beans all night and started yeah. again the next day. Yeah. Yeah, it don't take long. We can get her in in a hurry. It, yeah. Things have sure changed. That's why I told my brother, I'm like, yeah, I really wanted to. I think I can do it all in 24 hours, but run nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> no breakdowns. I think I can all get done in 24 hours. Yeah. And if all the ground's ready to go, you know, I can yeah. be 100% wrong or 100% right all in the same day. Yeah. One or the other. That's what I keep saying on our stuff that's already planted now. I mean, we'll know in, well, six or eight months or maybe two weeks. I mean, yeah. You never know. Yeah. Could be one or the other. Yeah. You tell me when it's going to rain later on in the summer, I'll tell you how you're going to be. If it comes out of the ground in time. For sure. Yep. So, well, we're going to cut her off here. Uh, hope everybody has a safe planting season this year. And, you know, take care of yourself. Get plenty of sleep. Don't do anything stupid. Everybody, yep. for the most part, has got wives and kids to go home to. Yep. So don't be, be sticking be careful your hands out there. in shit. Be careful out there. And remember, that work will be there again tomorrow. Just yep. go ahead and head home early yep. and whatnot. Kiss yep. your wife. Hug your kids and have a good evening. Yep, that's for sure. So, at any rate, you guys take it easy. We'll be back again next week on the Straightforward Farming Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys.